When you have a problem, Fox 12 gets you answers. The violence continues. When crime hits too close to home, we want to make sure your voice is heard. We're listening and ready to confront your problems head on. How can Fox 12 help you? Tell us at kptv.com. Before you get into this podcast and hear this great conversation between Laura and I, uh, let me apologize beforehand for the audio of the host, Mike. Um, someone who shall remain nameless used the wrong microphone. I don't know what was happening and what was in his head. But anyway, uh, the conversation is great. Laura sounds wonderful. I sound like I'm using my headphone, my headset, uh, which I was, and I didn't pull out my regular podcasting microphone for some unexplicable reason. In any case, enjoy the show, and we'll see you soon. My name is Bruce Reyes Chow, and this is BRC and Friends. Each episode, I chat with activists, artists, academics, and adventurers to discuss politics, faith, pop culture, technology, and as you will discover, pretty much everything else that pops into our heads. This is basically an excuse for me to hang out with friends and colleagues and riff about things that matter. Welcome to BRC and Friends. I'm really excited because my friend Laura is joining me for BRC and Friends, and so um, as is the tradition, I just invite uh, my friends to introduce themselves. So, Laura, tell us about you. Who are you? Where are you? Who is Laura? I'm Laura Mariko Heifetz, and I'm joining Bruce from Nashville, Tennessee, where I am the Assistant Dean of uh, Admissions, Vocation, and Stewardship at Vanderbilt Divinity School. I am not originally from the Southeast, although I have lived in the Southeast for 10 years. Oh, my goodness. In three different states. I'm trying to cover all the states. I'm originally from the, I was born in California, but then grew up in Eastern Oregon and Western Washington. So I am on my long sojourn in the middle of the country right now. I have two dogs, two Shih Tzus who are rescues. This will be important, of course. And a spouse who is in the process of moving to join me from Atlanta. And we have four nieces and a nephew. Those are the most important things. Those are the most important things. Yes, we'll talk about our pets later. So that's when, if you if if pet talk is obnoxious to you, we'll give you a little cue and you can go ahead and turn it off. Uh, it, the funny thing is that uh, so, gosh, Laura, well, I've known each other. How long have we known each other now? Twenty years. Oh minimum. my goodness! Yeah, it's been a long time, and. Um, uh, Laura's been all over the country, so the, but this morning she did uh, cuss me out because I told her that I was in shorts and 71 degrees, and it is not like that in Nashville right now. It is not. <laughs> it snowed yesterday. <laughs> I, you know, I, we, we briefly dabbled in uh, moving uh, before I came to Palo Alto from San Francisco, going to the East Coast, and did a week somewhere. It was a beautiful time, and then after we that one didn't go as good wanted uh i saw the winter and i was like what was i thinking <laughs> it was this grand like let's take this adventure and that how dumb is that sometimes it's 71 you think, degrees you think you're too soft for winter look no i just don't think now yeah i just don't think it's like why if it's like so if i'm uh if i'm traveling why would i stop in certain places like depending on the the season like if some people are like oh you need seasons i'm like i don't actually i'm good it's 71 degrees and i'm in shorts so i just think it makes one well-rounded and vigorous no okay, it's okay. <laughs> it makes one vigorous. i only lived in california for what like a year so i get it oh really were you that young when you moved 
Well, and then I came, I was, we moved out when I was four months old. Oh, okay. And then I lived when I was doing my internship in downtown San Francisco in a, at the mission. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, awesome. Well, cool. So we're going to talk about a few things. So um, I just, I'm, I'm glad you all are joining us for this. I just love chatting with people that I, um, I think the world of, and in all seriousness, I've, um, Laura is um, just a, a wonderful human being and is funny and thoughtful and challenging to a lot of places and people and does it in a way that I think um, is really helpful. I mean, nobody would ever say that um, as you challenge the world that you're doing it out of spite or um, you're being, I don't know, destructive to anything. It's all about kind of creating a better place in the world. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about, there's a few things that we, we did chat about. So Dave remembered, for those, of, for those that didn't follow the hashtag or don't know about it, um, tell us a little bit about the Day of Remembrance. Day of Remembrance, uh, every year, February 19th, commemorates the day that FDR signed the executive order 9066 to send Japanese Americans and Japanese nationals to internment camps even though, as was later found in the records, there was no evidence that anyone of Japanese descent was actually engaging in real large-scale espionage. So, I am so shocked that we would do this as a country. <laughs> and that we would repurpose one of the assembly sites to use for current-day detainees. Yes, that is true. And which one would that be, Laura? Oh, it's the one, it's one of the ones in Texas. One of the ones. <laughs> Look at us. And I was, those of these are in Presbyterian land. You know, you probably know which site we're talking about. And they've tried to do some work. And I know that they, they have tried to do some. And there's always kind of uh, a struggle with how much is enough and what's going on and all those kind of things. But uh, out here in California, we also know that, um, you know, one of the main shopping centers near our house, San Fran, was uh, a site. I mean, it's just I never bizarre. Know. It's, yeah, and I was like, I don't even, is there a marker there? I don't know, because I don't go. I don't, I don't think there is. I think at one point we were trying to look for a marker. Um, and yeah, so Tanfran, I mean, others, and you've done pilgrimages. I've never done one, but you, you've actually done pilgrimages. Where have you been to? Uh, the only one I've been to is Topaz. Uh, it's not as developed as, for instance, the Manzanar right. uh, site but it's better developed than, for instance, Poston. So um, Topaz, Utah was where my grandmother and her family were. And we went as a group because one of my great uncles was interned when he was six. And mm -hmm. so, and he's still alive. So we oh, went. Oh, wow. That was, how, was, how was that? It was a lot. I mean, yeah. It was a lot. I was how, really glad that a lot of us were there. I think that made it, it brought out more nuance and. Right. Was it all family or was it part of, so, so, so you could, you could weep and laugh and just be community together as you lived this. How, how was that for him? Is he at that point of able to, to talk about it more or, you know, I mean, where, what's that like? I, he said, he once told me that it was a lot easier for him than it was for my grandmother because he was a little kid. And mm -hmm. he just got to run around and play and people tried to make things pretty good for the kids. Um, but my grandmother was a teenager. She was 14, so almost an adult back in the day. Right. Uh, and so he was really willing and able to talk about it. It was 
not the first time he'd been there. Yeah. And he and his family have been really involved in uh, making sure that we're preserving the history and telling the story and advocating against anything like this now. Although, of course. What, what really could anything like this be happening now? I mean, that goes right. So why is this important? Because I, I assume that most of the folks who are listening to this know at least at a service level and are kind of in the same place where, but just for maybe if there's some new folks, I mean, why is this important now for us to keep teaching that history in school and kind of uh, desanitizing it and just all of that? I mean, what, why is that important? I think it's important in part because of the propaganda around it at the time. And I have heard this come out of people's mouths. People say, oh, this was for the protection of the Japanese Americans, or it was because, you know, it was wartime and people had to make sacrifices. And um, oftentimes we do think of how we are operating right now in terms of war, like the war on drugs, which has led to some of our immigration policy the way it is. And to remember that we have a history in our country of white supremacy that shapes how we want to contain the threats and some of the same strategies are used over and over again. So after 9-11, one of the first communities to speak out against the um, quote unquote voluntary registration and then involuntary detention of men from Muslim majority countries was Japanese Americans because um, mm -hmm. they disappeared for a few months and no one knew where they were because the government just locked them up somewhere. And now with the um, detention being used even for asylum seekers in a way that's very different than asylum seekers used to encounter our system, uh, it's really important for us to speak out against holding people in one place against their will, disrupting the natural flow of life and dehumanizing them. It, it, it just seems... Like I, I always reserve the right to be surprised and shocked, even though intellectually I'm not. Because I think if we if we stop being surprised at a certain level, we've just accepted this as normal, which like, there's part of me that's like, it is, like this is what we do because we're awful people and we suck. And then there's this like, I cannot believe that human beings sit around a room and decide that this is the right thing to do. I mean, it is so clearly fucked up which now we have our explicitness of there it culture. is you did <laughs> but i mean it's just it's enraging when you hear people repeating the same propaganda the same language you could almost do this like search and replace and just switch out groups um and yeah i mean even now with the the new muzzle ban that the parts that are going into impact now i mean we're just kind of seeing this over and over and over again now, your work, how is that influencing the work that you do um, uh, at the Divinity School? One of the things that really frustrates me about the story of internment and incarceration is that very few religious groups stood up as it was mm -hmm. happening and said, this uh -huh. is wrong. There were a lot of individual leaders that did so. So... At Topaz, for instance, there was a white pastor who went with, like, moved to be near the camp so that he could uh, be a pastor to folks there. And there was a white Catholic priest who lived in the camp for as long as he could until the administrators figured out what he was doing. <laughs> 
And then he, stayed. he was like, yeah, I have a place lined up in town. He never did until they were like, dude, you need to. So they're wow, individuals. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that story. That's, Isn't yeah. that cool? Yeah. I think that's so cool. Um, and that the Quakers and Mennonites, like the peace churches, were pretty good yeah. about opposing it. And Quakers helped sponsor young Japanese Americans to go to university in mm. other states. And that's how, for instance, one of my great aunts got out of camp. Mm. So well, otherwise, a lot of religious leaders did not do what I think is enough. And there are way too many parallels throughout history mm. of religious leaders, especially as a significant group, standing up and saying something is wrong. Um, and so I think maybe that has to do with how we form leaders and identify leaders. Right. And so if we at the divinity school level are able to weave together all of the technical skills that people need along with the moral courage to stand up and say, this is clearly wrong and against the gospel, the better off we'll be. So yeah. I like being even just a small part of that journey. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I just, I, it boggles my mind. Uh, and, and I, you know, I serve a church that is, you know, they were war protesters and it's, so it's, it, I realize it's easy for me to talk about, but, you know, I, I, I preached a sermon the other day about it, competition of the gospel and that our gospel is a better version. And if we don't get out there and actually live it and share it, then we're going to lose this battle for the soul of other people. And so, and I think there are others that I, I don't know if it's fear or if it's, the context it doesn't let, or if it's a pastoral, how do you how do you move people? But it does feel like like the regular players. We're kind of in these spaces, and we need to, like the next circle of people to be in this. Otherwise, it's not going to move. And it's not going to move. And, and because we're like we're interreligious, right? So we have different folks who are here, and being able to weave together traditions and have conversation across quote-unquote divisions about how together we have some shared convictions is really important now because yeah. I feel like there I don't mean to be denigrating but I think there absolutely is there's too many people who are in leadership positions who believe that uh, institutional preservation and their own jobs and unity are a higher value than people's lives. And yeah. I think- So let's go ahead and list those people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine people like, um, I think Laura and Bruce talked about you. <laughs> and it wasn't good. It wasn't good. good. At 10.35, you should probably- <laughs> I'm gonna put that in the thing. Maybe Bruce and Laura mentioned you, and not in a good way. <laughs> Maybe we should just let people live in fear. <laughs> and I love that. Look, I feel like I'm channeling your mom. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna comment because she will listen to this. <laughs> I love your mom. I, I know. Her. Everybody loves my mom, and I love my mother, and she has formed me. There are days, there are times, though. You know, it's different when you're watching somebody. Like when you're watching my mom, right? This is kind of what I'm sure with your parents, right? And then when you're their child, right? I mean, people are like, that. your parents are so nice. <laughs> yes, I'm like, I mean, yeah, nicer than me, but what's that say? 
find out how much my mom does times. I'm like, oh, I'm glad you're my mom because I'm not sure I'd like you right now. Because you, like, she calls shit out, like, she's, and I'm not, I don't even think it's age. Like, it's not like, you know, somebody like, oh, it's I'm at the age. Always where, been oh, like yeah, that. No, it's seriously. totally Filipino. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's my grandmother was like that. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. I love it. Like, people think that Japanese women are so, like, uh, and I'm like, have you met any of my Japanese-American women? Exactly. <laughs> Cut, exactly. salt. Exactly. It hurts even more. What are you talking about? Even worse. All right, well, we're going to take a break real quick because you're going to hear from uh, one of our sponsors. I have the privilege and honor of serving on the board of Morelite Presbyterians. MLP is an organization with the mission to work for the full participation of LGBTQIA plus people in the life, ministry, and witness of the Presbyterian Church USA and in society. One aspect of our work is to honor people's gender identity and preferred pronouns and to encourage and help others to do the same. We do this in a variety of ways, but one of our most successful has been creating swag such as pins, stickers, and t-shirts that are visible symbols and sayings that honor the beauty of our gender identities. If you'd like to get your MLP swag, they are offering a special discount for listeners of BRC and Friends, so just go over to mlp.org backslash shop and use the code BRC at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase of anything in the store except for patches and stoles. Again, get your more light Presbyterian swag at mlp.org backslash shop and use the code BRC for 15% off. Okay, and we're back. And again, I'm with Laura. So we just got done talking about the Day of Remembrance. I'll put some things uh, in the recap. But uh, let's talk about um, uh, the primaries. Uh, by the time this gets posted, um, I don't, Nevada will be done. Um, I don't know who else is going to, we're, we're, we're recording this on a Friday. Uh, so I think it'll be Nevada. I don't know, so maybe just a couple more. I can't, I can't keep track. But uh, what do you think? How are things going with the primaries? What's, what's the, uh, let's just riff a little bit. So stressful. <laughs> so first of all, from the very beginning, it started way too early for me. I feel like I'm operating under constant duress, just living in this country. <laughs> and I've, I've been living in red states for 10 years. Oh. So that's also like very stressful just in terms of feeling safe and all of that anyway. Right. Um, I was like, don't fall in love with anyone, Laura. Yeah. That's how your feelings get hurt. <laughs> Guard your heart. Indeed, hold it close, <laughs> treasure these things. And so I kind of tried to ignore it, but the thing is that I have always really, really loved Julian Castro. Like I love the I Castro know. brothers. So then that happened. And yep. even though I know um, Kamala Harris is like, problematic in a lot sure. of ways, yeah. because I'm not ignorant of things. <laughs> but I was also like... <laughs> I know this because I'm not dumb. I pay attention and have many well-placed friends and colleagues. Uh, but on this, uh, the other hand, it's like, she's also really great on a yeah. lot of things. And I really appreciated the representation. Yeah. Cory Booker, uh, you know, we're all one oh. degree of separation from him. So I was oh. like, I have a soft spot for him. And I've always respected the work that Elizabeth Warren has done since she popped up on my radar. Yeah. So probably since... Uh, what 2011 or something yeah I really respected her 
But now we're getting down to the wire. These two majority white states get to decide things. And, is that part just... It's frustrating. So I was a big... Um, I, I almost wore my Castro Twins superhero shirt. Because it... Um, uh, Adorable. But I, I, you know, I, was a, I, I, I met William twice. I'm sure he remembers me. It was during the selfie lines when he came to San Francisco. <laughs> I met him once. He does not remember me. Fine. <laughs> like, but I was like, I think you guys would get along really well. I'm like, I agree. We should just hang out. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that was, so, and, and I've, you know, I, I'm certainly a um, vote blue no matter who person. And there are degrees, right? I mean, I, I will hold my nose hung harder at others than some, 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 uh, I mean, if Bloomberg, I guess, oh, what the hell? Why? What the hell? Why are you even bringing I, I, it up? I can't, it's not happening. It's are not you happening. jinxing it by speaking it? Thank you. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm jinxing it by speaking, because oh my gosh. But you uh, know what? Okay. Well, what else kind of frustrates me is that Democrats have historically had the weakest ground game. We don't have a good bench for local or regional elections. We yeah. do not have pipelines the way that the right does. Yeah. And there was, they tried, I know. And some, I mean, I guess some of the House, you saw some of it, but at this level, it just doesn't feel like we, we do. Now, again, I live in California, so it's, it's a little bit different. The, the, the ground game doesn't, like I don't want to spend a lot of money here. In, in many ways, right? I mean, you right. be in other places that it's actually going to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I find it interesting, though, that um, there was a full done maybe a couple weeks ago when Yang was still in, and it was the whole thing of if your person doesn't get it, will you still vote blue? Will you? Is there no way you're voting for anybody else except your person? And then it depends. And so Yang's followers was forty five percent said. Ugh, I won't vote for anyone else. God. <laughs> I was like, what's so that? Irritating. Hell. What's that like to only be out for yourself, huh? Yeah. Well, and then, it, and then Bernie was next. He was like at 17 or 18%. I will say, and folks know clearly that I'm a, a warm person. Um, I just accepted an invitation to be on her interfaith council, and so I'm all in. Um, she was the only one that had everybody, like, it did, there was no registration. Everybody would vote for blue. Um, uh, no matter what, out of earth, which makes sense to me, kind of from the general nature of her, of her folks. Um, but I just don't understand how, like, I mean, I do. When you have a problem, Fox 12 gets you answers. The violence continues. When crime hits too close to home, we want to make sure your voice is heard. We're listening and ready to confront your problems head on. How can Fox 12 help you? Tell us at kptv.com. <laughs> I, no, it, I'm not even counting Bloomberg, really. But like the rest of the group, that any of them are worse, like you would rather have Trump back in than anyone else. I just don't get it. I mean, do you have friends that are like Bernie or Bus? I mean, do you have, are there people in your world that are? If they are, we're not talking enough for us <laughs> to have talked about that. Yeah. I think most people are like, 
people are dying as a direct result of this presidency. We've yeah. already lost a lot of people in this world. Therefore, yeah. we need to end it. <laughs> we will do whatever it takes once we have a nominee. And I actually think that's where a lot of my folks are. There are some folks who are campaigning, but a lot of folks are like, whoever it is, we're going to bust our asses to get, the, get folks to turn out to vote, especially these yeah. I will say that my, my enthusiasm shifts depending on the person. Yes, fair. <laughs> and I, I, and I, can... Warren, I will follow her with my entire heart. The rest yes. of them, it's okay. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be in. I, you know, again, it's, it's, it, it is varying degrees. And again, I'm in California, so it does make a little bit um, more. My work is a little different here. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's, it's just well. So if you had, so I love this time. I grew up in the state capital of California. My mom worked for the state legislature. I love all of this stuff. And uh, it actually is a little bit of um, respite, which I'm not sure it's good because it's somewhat of a distraction from all the other stuff that's going on. But I love, I love, love, love this stuff. Um, uh, shocking. Uh, but for the, I like, just, as you're, as you're experiencing, you know, kind of where you are in your context and kind of this constant barrage and struggle, um, what is, how do you stay balanced? How do you not just lose it all the time? I mean, I said all the time. <laughs> I mean, what, how, how do you, you know, keep your humanity? I mean, what, what are your disciplines? What do you do? Um, um, so there <laughs> different angles to keeping my humanity. I have been slipping quite a bit. I now believe in hell again, but not like, not like hell, like from the Bible, like Dante, right. hell. like there should be right. levels of suffering. So I feel like that has been, I need to get right with the Lord at some point. Um, <laughs> until then, I'm going to believe in that and want people to go there. Um, I also think because Georgia's legislature is pretty bad, and the only legislature I can think of that is genuinely worse, which the, in a place that I would live is Tennessee. Tennessee. Right, because there are some places I'm not going to um, But Tennessee is really bad. Georgia has like a lot of like queer and people of color leadership um, in the legislature, which is great, like representation. Tennessee is not the same as Georgia. Insufficient black people in the legislature. Oh, really? <laughs> compared. So there is that. Um, but the nice thing is that in this area, because it's Nashville, it is sort of like the bubble of sanity if I want to be around people who think my humanity is full and should be allowed yeah. to flourish. And yeah. we think that for each other. And we also are trying to advocate for people who do not think we should be alive. We think they should get health care, right? So that's part of it um, that helps me flourish is that other people are like, yes, it's terrible. We also love politics. Let's make good stuff happen, like good progressive work. Right. Uh, additionally, I really like to get together with people and just talk about whatever. And with people who have a decent power analysis and we can be comfortable and drink cocktails and snuggle dogs and talk about how terrible things are. We're, we're just missing our cocktails right now. I know, so that's we could all do I all need. of that. <laughs> right. So it's, it's like, a little early in California. Have, yes. I have this like 
crew of people that we just help to keep each other feeling, you know, lively. Also, the only reason I was able to watch the debate was because I cut myself off from NPR. Something happened and I can't even remember what it was. And I was way too stressed out. And so I cut off NPR for the most part. And I cut off, um, I stopped reading the newspaper for like a week. And I was like, now I'm ready for the debate. And thank yeah. God I watched because oh my gosh. best debate. Oh yeah, uh, the, my my favorite quote was something about how it was basically saying Bernie won out of because of everything, but uh, it was something about because Elizabeth Warren could change thoughts to Bloomberg in the first three minutes. <laughs> it's true. It was like watching a massacre. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not into all the violent imagery that came out of the debate, but oh my God. So funny. Just it the, was glorious. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I could watch a smart woman who <laughs> is totally confident. Yeah. <laughs> out of a guy who really kind of sucks. It was satisfying yeah. at like a level that has been frustrated with men and patriarchy and yeah. oligarchy for a long time. Well, and I, I hope that that showing itself shifted it felt like now granted we all sit in somewhat of a twitter bubble and all those things but it really just felt like that was an energizing kind of transformative image and practice that most of us have known she's she's been doing that right but now like oh and he was just so clearly unprepared like so I, I was saying actually as i as i i watched it in the recap and I'm going, oh, I've done that, where I stepped into a space. I'm like, oh, I got this. I can just, and then just get the crap kicked out of you because you didn't prepare. Like, I know, I know what I've done. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> somebody around him. He, Man, I, he's got a crack marketing team, but he does not have, like, advisors. Oh, oh, I know. I mean, come on, man. I'm an, um, I ran for an office years ago in our denomination and had a group of people that were that those for me. And after I wrote, I wrote my opening statement and sent it out to them and they had to look at them like, you got to rewrite this. And you were like, <laughs> I have poured out my soul. And it was like, okay. <laughs> and it was really they're like, yeah, this is kind of like, nah, you, you got to redo this. <laughs> But I wish you know that for I mean, all of us. Yeah, you got if you don't, and, if, and, and I will say, if you don't surround yourself with people who are willing to do that, that you trust, you're just doomed. I mean, that's hubris and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, all right, so let's talk about um, a few other things. So tell us about your dog. Let's geek out about your dog. We were talking, folks who were listening, we were talking about the difference between living in a place where it's cold as hell, or cold as, what's the absolute hell? The, the flip version of how cold it is that my dogs would not pee. They would just be like, oh, hell no. I'm peeing right in front of you on the floor. I'm not going outside in the snow. And I, I'm not sure I blame them. If I had to go outside and be in the snow. Do your business naked. I'd be like, no. I'd be like mm, that's not happening. Get me one of those apartment fake grass things and I'll do yeah. that. But Oh, yeah, and the dogs were just groomed. So, you know. Basically. But it wasn't cold in Atlanta, right? I mean. It was cold. Yeah, it would get into the teens. Oh. And they are from Iowa, like originally. They're from Iowa. They were rescued out of Iowa. <laughs> and then they lived for the first however many years of their life in Chicago, right? They had to be walked in the snow I, and all of that. I, I love my dog. coats. 
Yeah, but still, when I put a coat on to go outside, I'm still not, it's still cold. So, I mean, they're, they're definitely like, we're too old for this. Yeah. You are going to turn around. We are not walking right now. <laughs> I have peed and I have pooped and I am done. Yeah, you can keep walking. Put I'm me in my crate. Home. Yeah. Put me in my crate, lady. I'm done. Tell me you have a stroller. No, not yet, but it's going to happen. I was going to say, yeah, it's like, please don't. Like, well, you I, know I, I, my spouse has already said because one of the dogs like she runs out of steam midway through oh, the hike because she's yeah. getting kind of to that age and jess was like we could get one of those backpacks so that we can carry her after she gets tired we're right on the verge a doggy born yep do she it would love I, it she would just and, none of, and none of us who follow you would be surprised in, like, in fact i'm a little disappointed that it hasn't already happened because of the booster seats in the car? Just, yeah, just in general. It, it's just, it's, it would be, as my kids tell me all the time that when we travel, we'll go somewhere like, on brand, Dad, on brand. <laughs> you like your kids keep you humble, man. That's the newest thing. I'm like, you like it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, but when we go like a coffee shop, the one kid, I'm like, on brand. I'm like, I know, that's why I picked it. You're like, I'm aware. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, we had one of those dogs too. So I ended up being married. So we had three for a while. Then our yeah, our, our one died. It was so awful because oh. I was the only one home. I everybody was traveling. We got back from a trip, and they all went to do church things and tech conferences. Oh. And I had to hold my sweet little fawn. Oh, fawn! Yeah, it was awful, awful. And then we have Vespa, who's my favorite dog because I can. Vespa's a character. Dog. Because uh, she doesn't like to walk either. She'll do, we got her originally, she was a rescue, and the girl's like, oh, a, a jogging dog. I'm like, sure, I guess. But I don't know. We didn't test her out. They went like a half a block, and she's like, okay, that's good. And she just sits down. So the first time, Abby <laughs> goes, she, she, I hear this dunk, dunk, dunk on the door, and she's standing holding this 35-pound dog. Cause, <laughs> and Abby, I mean, she probably at that point weighed half of <laughs> Vespa's like, I know myself. These are my yep. limitations. We're done. Yep. Respect. I respect. Why are you, why are you picking me up and putting me on the couch? <laughs> I don't understand what the hell's going on. And then we have, we have Bernie, who's my, my wife's dad's dog. Who, the only thing holding him back from going to assisted care with his wife was the dog. He actually at one point oh. said that my wife can go, but I, I, I got to have my dog. And, uh, so we agreed to take Bernie, and Bernie's just—he was not named after the Bernie, but we do call him a grumpy old man. Is he? And, oh. Oh my gosh, that's the best. <laughs> I walk into the—I walk into the room. He's like, Arr. "Yes, you're welcome for feeding you and housing you." Because and Robin, it's the first boy dog we've had in oh, a long yeah. time. So Robin's always like, "I do not like what is going on in my house right now." Like, I'm not peeing on stuff, honey. <laughs> oh, it's oh, now yeah. balanced. Almost. Oh, and, and now he's, he is, there's testosterone stuff going on. I'm like, you don't have much. What are you doing? Seriously, dude. But yeah, so he curls up to Robin on our bed. And I walk into the room. He's like, mm. Robin's has to kick him off the bed. And then I'm like, well, I think now what we're teaching him is I walk in the room. He gets hit off the bed. So now he doesn't like me. <laughs> right. This is mine. Ah, oh, damn it, that guy's coming in. Yeah. Rob was like, this is not cool, you guys. 
<laughs> I lived here first. That's hilarious. All right, so let's, let's wrap up. So I'm asking all my friends who come on this to tell me what they're listening to, watching, reading. So uh, what are you listening to these days? Podcasts, um, uh, music, what, what, so right now, um, <clears throat> because I am not home with all the music, I have this, I have a series of Pandora stations that I listen to, and I have the pink one on right now, which has a healthy dose of Shakira as well. <laughs> and for podcasts, I always faithfully listen to Love It or Leave It. I don't know that one. It's political. John Lovett used to be on uh, Obama's administration. Oh, and okay. I think he's part of the Pod Save America team, okay. maybe, but he's hysterical. He's engaged to Ronan Farrow. Oh. And I always listen to Criminal, which is a oh, great yeah. podcast out of North I, Carolina. I had, I, had to stop, I had to stop listening to True Crime. I, for a while, I was just like, I, I just, like, because I started listening to all these now, like, you know, all these cases were mostly, you know, people of color that nobody would investigate. So they're trying to bring them out. And, and I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't. No, see, she's the it. only one I listen to. Cause no, I, 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 I listened for a long time to, um, um, my favorite murder as well Ooh. with Karen Kigari. Oh, who was hysterical. And oh my God, she's so okay. Old. I might have to, I might yeah, have to listen to that. Yeah. Um, also I've been listening to the top five podcasts with Liz Lynn and Chris Peck from, Peck from, uh, Peck. Oh, yes. Sorry, yeah. I was like, show? Is there a TV show? Okay, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay, what was that murder one? Uh, my favorite murder. Okay. It's, it's, it's one of those really big, they do all the live shows, and, uh, and okay. Carrie Kildart was, uh, is a writer, a comedy writer, and, nice. yeah, they're um, And, uh, when there are new episodes, I listen to My Dad Wrote a Porno, because some oh, yeah. really have to laugh. So second, second podcast, second episode in a row that that's been mentioned. That's <laughs> I, right. We, we just drove to LA and I'm like, oh, this is, I heard about this. Yeah, my dad wrote a point and Rob was like, we're not listening to that. <laughs> no. Like, like, okay. Because it's honey. so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to do that. What, are you, what okay. are you reading? I am reading right now Children of Blood and Bone. Oh, yes. It's really good, but it's a lot. So I'm taking it slowly. And I'm finishing up Dying of Whiteness. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know, but that if it's not called that, it is now. Yeah, it's uh, written by a public health oh, okay. doctor guy at Vanderbilt. So. Uh, and what are you watching? TV shows, movies, binging? What's going on in the I'm household? currently binging Justified because it just got, it's out on Hulu and my uncle's been telling me I need to watch it forever because I lived in Kentucky, a different part of Kentucky. So I'm watching it. I, I started and, it, couldn't quite. I know. It. It's because I'm in between, like I finished Grace and Frankie, I finished, I'm all caught up on all these other ones, but I'm also always watching because you know, we need delight in our lives, Blackish and Superstore. Oh, sure, oh, I love, Superstore. So good. It is, it is so, so good. So oh, good. Superstore. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of, that, that is definitely on our, all right, on our radar all the time. I mean, just, and <clears throat> when the tears sneak up on you, I'm like, oh, God. I mean, the end of last season. I know. Oh. <gasps> I thought so I was, good. I mean, oh, 
We started watching, um, what is it, Zoe's Amazing Playlist. Oh, I've heard that's good. I added it to my list, but I haven't started it's, it. It's good. It's good. I won't give you any. God, I wish oh. you would have seen it. And then someone was like, you got to watch Sex Education. So that's on my list, too. So I did a, I did a, a family podcast with my kids when that first came out. Because it, okay, just, I can't watch it with them. No. Like, we're, our family is pretty good. Like, we all, but, and they're like, we don't care. And I'm like, yeah, but. But you I, care. I do. I, I can't. There's a whole thing on on training how to give blowjobs in the one of the episodes. I'm Don't like, think about that. I I <laughs> like that. I think that's just you being upset. I'm like, okay. It's <laughs> so cute. That's fine. That's what it is. I'm gonna be in the other room. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Because it's like it's like LA, it's like a law and order in some ways, right? It starts with something that kind of yeah. It's it's I I hear it is also very good. Okay. You hear? Okay. I could I could I could wait. That's awesome. And Robin's like, I'm not watching. <laughs> Robin, Robin wanted to watch it. So, you know, there you go. Uh any movies, Eddie? Movies? Yeah. The last one I saw, the last two I saw in the theater were Parasite and Harriet. I still have not seen Parasite. Dude, I know, I know. I it feels like there's a lot of emotional investment. You, that's definitely gonna happen. Yeah, but yeah, it's I, also I, really funny because you know he's very funny. Yeah. So, well, I'm, I think I'm gonna go see it now because Trump just yes, I guess yesterday. So now you're gonna go support. Now you're gonna protest. Yeah. Because he wants to bring back. Um, Gone with it? the wind or something. Gone with the wind. Yeah. Man, that's such a bad movie. Oh, I know. Every once in a while, I'll catch part of it on TV, and I'm like, that's oh, yeah. just horrifying. It's awful. But it's also like, you go watch back, you go look at all the movies. I mean, you're a, little, you're a decade younger than me, I think. But um, the movies that I grew up on, I go back and read those and watch those, and I'm like, these were awful. Look, some of them were good, right? But it's kind of rare. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. These are awful. <laughs> Some things really don't age well. Yeah. I yes. remember watching, was it 16 Candles? Oh, no. Ooh. Ooh and, that's right. But I haven't seen it in years, and it comes out on Netflix. I'm like, oh, both Robin and I are like, hey, I mean, hey we're going to watch You forgot that one part, didn't you? You blocked it out? Well, no, I knew that. So I prepped for Wrong Duck Dog. I, I prepped for all that. But all the date rape stuff, all the oh, yeah. ableism, like all the other stuff that did it, Abby. In the middle of it says, I feel like my soul is dying. <gasps> yeah. Man, that's why it's good just to not maybe introduce people to things you remember is good. I, I, I just remember, yeah, I was like, this is awful. <laughs> I've been keynotes, I've been keynotes at conferences, like, I'm just going to, here's five pictures from this movie, as ableism, date rape, racism. I mean, it's like, it has them all. Oh, boy. <laughs> that is awkward. <laughs> I kind of feel like my kids are looking like we just well, lost know, like, a little respect. How uh, Indiana Jones was really fun, and now you look at it and you're like, "Wow, Orion!" What the? Yeah. This dude is a colonial, racist, sexist. <laughs> it's so bad. I know. It breaks my heart. So Some of my favorite music. But those were so fun. <laughs> the third one was Sean Connery. So sweet. <laughs> 
Oh man, it's hard to grow up and learn. <laughs> I don't want it. Well, you know, sometimes I'm like, this is why people don't do it. Yeah. So I, right? It's just hard. It's too, it's, because then we'd have, because it's almost like, once you know, it's kind of like the matrix. Actually, my kids were just having this conference call, call um, a conversation about the matrix. I'm like, this is exactly what this is about, right? You, yeah. Here's once your you choice. see it. You, you cannot un. Yep. Pick a pill. Which pill? Yep. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I'd love to have you back on. We should actually have you on and like bring a another person in too and just riff with the three of oh, us. Oh, and you also got to uh, interview Jessica. It'd be so fun. Oh, yeah. I wonder how the two of you do together. Well, we'll think about that. Yeah, I oh, will. It's fun. That might... Uh, <laughs> I think we're very entertaining, but it's probably because we don't really live together much of the time. That's true. I, I, I kind of feel like if we did it, there could be moments where you're like working stuff out. <laughs> That's a possibility. Especially you just bought what? Well, I'm sorry, what? 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 You're going what I'm always like, where are you right now? Is that a new TV back there? What the hell's going on? Oh, hey, by the way, I ordered this for the dogs. I'm going to do it in public so you can't get too mad because you're being recorded. You're like, really? <laughs> okay, texting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you all. Have a great uh, weekend at primaries, and uh, we'll see you later. BRC and Friends was produced, written, recorded, and edited by Bruce Reyes-Chow with zero help from his dog, Vespa. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to BRC and Friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please follow, like, tag, and share on all the platforms via B-R-C-A-N-D-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. Thanks for listening to BRC and Friends. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. When you have a problem, Fox 12 gets you answers. The violence continues. When crime hits too close to home, we want to make sure your voice is heard. We're listening and ready to confront your problems head on. How can Fox 12 help you? Tell us at kptv.com.